around the world and coast to coast. This is the Phil Nason Show. You're listening to AFR, the Armed Forces Radio Network. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Phil Nason Show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Phil Nason Show, heard exclusively on Armed Forces Radio, presented by Bovada and the Dollar Shave Club. Get over there and get great deals on all your gambling needs as well as your shaving needs. I think it's a good thing. I want to thank my next guest for hanging in there. He's been stuck in a hotel lobby for about three hours. But we're going to uh, talk a little fantasy it's football all worth it. Yeah, how about that? We're going to do a little fantasy football. And joining me to do just that from rotowire.com as well as DraftKings Playbook. Please welcome Alex Reclean to the show. Alex, you are in the house. What's happening, dude? Hey, man. Happy to be here. Happy to finally be talking to you. Uh, Hilton, if you're listening, I would appreciate it if you would improve your service next time. But, really? Uh, I'm glad never to had, be here now. I've never had any problems with Hilton. In fact, I, well, you know what? This is an interesting story. A few weeks back, I was, sta- I was in North Carolina, and um, somebody brought me there for a job to consult and do some things. So anyway, what happened is this. He had booked the room in his name and not in mine. And then he booked it in mine and I had to wait for him to uh, take care of everything. (laughs) It was crazy. Yeah. But I love hotels. I've lived in them most of my adult life and I enjoy them immensely. Even more so when they work out. Indeed, indeed. But Hilton is a beautiful hotel, right? Oh, they're so pretty. They're really pretty. The rooms are great. I just wish I wasn't in the lobby for three hours. Yeah, I hear you. That can happen. I know it's happened to others, too. It happened to uh, the owner of the resort I was at in Greece. He went to Boston. His son was going to try to get into Harvard. And Hilton managed his hotel in Corfu for years and years and years. So they had booked him a room. And when he got there, they weren't ready either. And he had flown a long way, and he wasn't very happy. But it's a good thing that you're here. And we've got this slate. It's 12 games over at FanDuel. 11 games on the main slate at DraftKings. They don't play the late game, which I wish FanDuel would adopt. They did it last year. They don't do it this year. And so how's things going with your fantasy football this year for your daily fantasy? Going okay. You know, you win some, you lose some. Uh, Hopefully you enjoy enjoy the process. Um, (laughs) uh, I don't play enough for it to have much impact on my bottom line either way. I, I tend to... Let me rephrase that. I don't play in enough dollar values for it to have much impact on my bottom line either way. Well, that makes um, sense. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I I try to keep my buy-ins a little low, but that's just my personal nature and, and preference, you know? Um, right. I hear you. Play a, play a lot of teams frequently, but, but I stick to the dollar lineups. Well, there's nothing wrong with that either. You know what? A lot, I think a lot of guys who are fantasy analysts – do the same thing. I know there's some that obviously play big volume, but the mm. bigger the guy plays or the more he plays, the less likely it is that I will listen to him because why would he want to give you advice when you're playing against him? Yeah, I mean, that is a legitimate concern. And the other thing is this. A lot of times when you listen to fantasy experts, some of them do play 150 lineups in a, in a contest. So when he's talking about, say, for example, whoever – he might only have a handful of those shares, whereas uh, I play single entry. So, And I play one lineup throughout the whole thing, one lineup at FanDuel, one lineup at DraftKings. I play in some several games, but I'm a one-lineup guy. So I got some ideas for this week. The Packers-Dallas game is the highest on the slate at 52.5 over under. Seattle and the Rams are at 47 points currently. The Chiefs in Houston... 46 and a half the Cardinals and Eagles 45 and a half and the Panthers and Lions 44 points those look like the five games that folks might want to target do you, do you pay attention to the uh over under totals I do absolutely I do um you know the I'm really disappointed that the main slate this week it doesn't include uh the the um, Patriots Buccaneers game. Oh, yeah. that game is going to be a fantasy bonanza. Um, or it could be a bust. 
No, no, I, I'm so convinced it's going to be a bonanza. Uh, I, yeah, I absolutely play, pay attention to the implied totals and the sort of over under values. Um, I think that that's a really good source for identifying some discounts, identifying some values. Um, I mean, we'll get to tight ends in a minute, but tight ends aren't helpful if they're not getting touchdowns, generally speaking. In, in Especially in, D, in DFS, if your tight end isn't getting a touchdown, the odds are that he's not helping. Um, you know, that doesn't mean he's hurting, but in order for your tight end to actively help your lineup, he probably has to score. And so I really like looking at those over-unders and those projected totals because, you know, if you look at, I think it was like the Jets, the Jets this week have just like a comically low projected total. Um, or not the Jets, it's the, it's the Jaguars. The Jaguars have like a comically low projected total. The odds of Mercedes Lewis getting a touchdown are next to zero. But people um, are talking so, about him though. Oh, he is a fade for me. Um, oh, big fade. I mean, for I guess me. we're already. I guess we're already talking about him. I I don't understand why you would want to talk talk about him at all. He has literally zero catches outside of the one fluke game in London, and as we've seen over the last couple of years, the London game is not what you want to base your fantasy decisions off of. The London <laughs> game gets wacky, and I mean, here is a player who has zero catches on eight targets and zero red zone targets through three games. But in the fourth game, he has three red zone targets, three red zone catches, and, you know, has an absolute explosion. That's not a guy that you can count on at all. Can't count on him. But now that you bring that game up with the Jets. Might as well start with the tight ends. Why not? We don't have to have any particular order, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I'll, we're gonna, I'll, I'll tell you this. Austin Safarian Jenkins against the Browns at 5,500 on FanDuel. That's a guy I'm really thinking about. I'll tell you why. Because the Browns' defense is atrocious. They've had eight red zone targets against them for tight ends, and six of those were touchdowns. The first half of the game last week with Josh McCown and uh, Safarian Jenkins, Dude was on fire, and then they just stopped going to him. But he, he did all right. I, I think he might be better play maybe at DraftKings because of the PPR value. But I, I'm liking Austin Safarian Jenkins to this week for sure. Absolutely. He's a huge, huge person for me. Um, I, you know, he's one of the people I cover for uh, DraftKings and so for, for the DraftKings playbook. And so I was writing about this yesterday. Um, already this season, three different tight ends have scored 17 points against the Browns. Um, this is a team that over the last two seasons has just been bizarrely susceptible to tight end scoring. Oh, yeah. And, you know, since 2016, they have the worst record for most allowed touchdowns by a tight end. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and I believe it's by a considerable, mar considerable, considerable margin. Considerable margin, by the way. It's not I, even I think close. At, yeah, I think they've allowed like 16 touchdowns to tight ends over the last two like season and a third in six um, of them this season it's only four games in yeah it's it's so wild um so i mean any tight end against the browns is someone who i look at when i am making my lineup i seriously every week when i'm making my lineup one of the first when i get to tight end i go check who the browns are playing against and and i look at them and i put them in my lineup like probably half the time at least yeah um, it used to be oakland remember how oakland used to be they were so bad you could yeah. pick on them yeah but it's uh, interesting with the browns because they had gary barnard's the last couple seasons and you would think that their defense would be used to covering a decent tight end but apparently their team changes uh rosters more than some people change their socks so uh it's uh one of those things who do you like over at DraftKings for tight end this week Besides Safarian so Jenkins. So ASJ is one of my guys, and then Charles Clay is my other guy. That was your um, guy last week, and by the way, that was a good call because he did pretty well. That was yeah, a nice I call. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's going to keep being my call until he gets another at least five dollars $600 added to his salary. He's Tyrod Taylor's favorite option, and I mean, the tight end position 
is basically like it's co it it's it like what it is is it it's saying DraftKings is requiring you or Dra- FanDuel or you know your ESPN regular season league they're requiring you to pick among the fourth or fifth wide receiving options on a team because that's basically what a tight end is a tight end is a wide receiver except not as good and Charles Clay is this weird position where he's not the fourth or fifth option he's the first option not even second um and you know the offense isn't as good as the Patriots which is the only reason he's not on Gronkowski's level but He's the top receiving option. He has, uh, I believe it's six touchdowns in the last seven games that he has played with Tyrod Taylor. So, uh, you know, each of them missed one game in at the end of last season. But if you only look at the games that played together, it's like six out of seven, I think now. Um, and one of the two games where he didn't have a touchdown, um, he went for a hundred yards and led the, bills in targets so he is just he's got to be five thousand five hundred dollars or more before i'm going to stop stop using him right that makes sense you know um i mentioned asj and i like him but you know there's others i like too at, at FanDuel, tight ends antonio gates against the giants 4600 bucks i like that play because first of all the giants are sputtering offensively maybe they're coming around a little bit but the end of the day, I think uh, Gates is just a beast, and I think that Gates is the guy he like they like to throw to. And forget about the Giants, and I'm going with him because he's only forty six hundred bucks. It's like a very reliable punt, and I, I'm talking about GPPs. Mm. He's got a good floor, and he does have a decent ceiling. And I, I think that uh, this could be a beautiful night for him against the Giants. I know it's in New York, right? So it could be different, but I like this one. I like him a lot this week. So one guy I like a lot this week, not in FanDuel because he's his price on FanDuel is like pretty high, um, but his price on DraftKings is still very low, and that's Tyler Croft. Um, Tyler Eifert is almost certain to miss this week again, and um, Tyler Croft steps in and takes over Eifert's role when Eifert is gone. Uh, He did this in 2015. 2016, Croft was out, and so we didn't see any of him. But now he's back, and now he's back to being Eifert's primary backup. Uh, The only sort of... I mean, he's not as talented as Eifert, but he's still a pretty good player, uh, and it's an offense that will use its tight end. He looked like a world beater against the Browns last week. Oh, but that's the Browns. Yeah, <laughs> Don't expect clowns. him to repeat what he did against the Browns. I have to apologize to Browns fans, too, because I tried to be optimistic about their season. I thought they would finish 3-13, and and I think that I missed the boat there. I think they're probably going to go 1-15 and again. They're awful. Benjamin Watson I, against I the know. Raiders. I don't know. I like him, the, too. I, I, I'm, I'm not willing to. Uh, I want the Browns to be healthy before I write them off as only winning one game. They're, you uh, know, they're still injured enough. I write but, dysfunction uh, junction off as often as I can. What do you like? What do you think? I like Benjamin Watson against the Raiders, fifty one hundred bucks. Uh, yeah, and even cheaper on on DraftKings, thirty six on DraftKings. He's a solid play in both in both settings. Yeah, I think so. Who else do you got? Who else do you like before we move on? Uh, I mean, those are between between Croft and Char and and Clay. I'm unlikely to use anyone else realistically. The two of them are going to dominate. Um, Watson and ASJ are my next two favorites. Uh, I I don't see – I'm just not – there's no chance I'm going to go to a fifth option here based on the prices of those four guys. That's so, fair. I, I mean, I, if Jack Doyle looks healthy, I don't love using someone after a concussion – but I'm not impressed by the 49ers defense. So I guess if Jack Doyle looks healthy, I might look. I might say look at him. Um, but to me, those four guys are sort of, especially given their price, only three guys on FanDuel because Croft is so much more expensive on FanDuel. Um, I, I don't see a reason to look elsewhere. Well, that's fair. You know what? I'm going to look one other place, though. 
Jesse James, 4,900 against Jacksonville. They allow like 10 points a game to tight ends. Yeah, Steelers are at home, so that helps. Yeah, and plus, you know, the other thing, too, and we'll get into this probably more when I talk about wide receivers and running backs, but Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bowie, they're pretty good out there, and oh, yeah. they cover the crap out of these guys. Antonio oh, Brown yeah. and Martavis Bryant are probably going to be chalky, but I think that's a mistake, and I think that the guy that's going to be the recipient of all the open looks is going to be Jesse James, like he was in game one when they played the Browns again, and he ended up with two touchdowns. I guess one other name, if we if we really want to add one more, um, and I guess he's not on the main slate. I guess the um, I guess Chicago doesn't play on the main slate. But if you're playing not on the main slate, if you're playing the sort of full week, um, Zach Miller uh, against the Vikings is someone who's interesting. Bringing in a new quarterback, you don't know how they're going to split the targets. There aren't a lot of good options, and Zach Miller has fairly reliable hands. Uh, he's a very cheap play. So if, you, if, you, if you're not playing the main slate, if you're playing some of these other lineups that cover more games, he's someone that is worth a look, and he's very cheap. That's a good place. Let's go to quarterbacks. Let's go, let's go back to the rotation here like we usually do. Quarterbacks. I've kind of narrowed it down to maybe three this week over at FanTool. Aaron Rodgers is going to be chalky, 9500 bucks, But he's got a gem of a matchup against Dallas. And I think that he's probably going to be a fixture in all my lineups. Um, Sorry, say that. Say who, who I missed the name. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, both He's going to be the, chalky, man, but so what? He's going to be chalky. Um, he... I don't love how expensive he is. Um, it, it, you just you have to do so well at that price in order to return value. So I like him for cash. I'm probably not. I probably would advise against him for GPP just because it, you, the required score to profit is so high. This is another one where it, like. I'm disappointed about I'm like actively sad that the Patriots and the uh, Bucks play tonight because Jameis Winston is going for a laughable six thousand dollars against the Patriots defense. I know that's um, sickening, man. He's gonna rake them <laughs> over the coals too. I I I wanna enter a lineup tonight just to take advantage of that. Um the the I know we're trying to focus on the main slate, but the quarterbacks playing the Patriots would be fourth in the league in quarterback rating. That's how bad their defense has been. Oh, it's been putrid. But, yeah, Rodgers is expensive. The other one I'm looking at is Carson Palmer. I like Carson Palmer. He bailed me out last weekend. I got to say this. You know, three of the last four games, he's been over 45 passing attempts. They pretty much abandoned the run. And yep, probably so. wisely. And here's the other thing. The Eagles are allowing like the third most fan duel points yep. to receivers. So yep. I, I kind of like Carson Palmer in GPPs. If I don't decide to go with Aaron Rodgers, probably I'll go with Carson Palmer. Um, he's a decent play. I would rather go I would rather go a little bit higher and go for Deshaun Watson. Um, it's not as good of a matchup, but I love how he's playing. I think he's one of those players where his price is just, they, it hasn't acclimated yet. It hasn't found its natural resting spot and it's just going to keep going up like three, 400 bucks every week until we finally figure out where he belongs. Um, and so I think that Deshaun Watson's still undervalued in terms of his price. So if I'm going in that price range, I would, I mean, the price between him and Palmer is pretty close so, so that's sort of where I'm looking. But I really, I actually, and this is a little crazy, and I apologize. Okay. That's fine. Try it. I kind of like Josh McCown. Ha <laughs> ha, I got him on my list. He's the third game. He's my third quarterback. <laughs> like, am, is, are we allowed to like Jets players? Is that, are we allowed we are to? When, we are when they have revenge games. Not only that, but. I mean, the turnovers are terrible, but 
if it weren't for the turnovers, and you can't say if it weren't for the something, because because that thing happened and you can't just forget about it. But if you can somehow ignore the turnovers, he's he has at least sixty six percent completion percentage every week, and they've played two very good defenses in well. Bills are good, and Jacksonville Jaguars are very good. Um, he's played two good defenses, and yet he's completing his passes. He's attempting, like, 30-plus passes a week. Um, he's the, the touchdowns aren't there consistently yet, and the turnovers are way too high, but touchdowns and turnovers can be fluky, and he's so cheap that he doesn't need to do much to return value and the 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 browns are not good no they're awful what is he at DraftKings? he's 4500 i believe he's the cheapest starting quarterback wow that's crazy colin and, kaepernick and think, is worth is priced higher <laughs> yeah right uh exactly i mean he's not gonna have the worst score amongst quarterbacks this week i i i there's nothing is guaranteed, and I hate making guarantees, but I guarantee you that Josh McCown will not be the lowest scoring starting quarterback. This I don't week. think so either. You know, if you and here's the thing, if you pair him up with uh, Jenkins over yeah, at yes, uh, DraftKings, absolutely, or a FanDuel, you pass. pair them up and, and they go off, and they very well could go off. I you love might that. be you're going to be like raking in the bucks because how many people are going to actually go for Josh McCown? I, I mean, when I was playing casually before I started writing about, I, I was writing about season long before I started writing that DFS. Right. I wouldn't even go all the way down to look at the quarterbacks priced below five thousand bucks because you get into so many backup quarterbacks. Like as you're scrolling down, you're like, oh, okay, I'm done with all the starters. Like there's no one down here. I, I've finished looking. I, I really think there are people who are gonna just totally miss the fact that there is a starting quarterback against a terrible defense available. And he's a guy, here's the thing too. He's a guy who always plays well in Cleveland. When he played for Cleveland, he'd always play great at home. And he's good at hitting tight ends. You remember Gary yeah. Barnage again? I'm telling yeah. you, that's a, that's going to be an overlooked play no matter where you are. 6800 bucks at FanDuel, that's still good. Because even if I put in Aaron Rodgers, I can still fit in guys like Todd Gurley and Kareem Hunt, and I can fit in uh, Jordy Nelson, and I can fit in whatever. See, it opens up so much value to save that much money. It's so much. I mean, you can go and do what you got to do because the reality is that's what you have to do. You have to find the value. And if you can find it at quarterback, Josh McCown's not going to set any records, but he's not going to kill you either. And I, that's something yeah. I learned last year. Or two seasons ago, I won a GPP with him as the quarterback. You know, I've done pretty good. What was it? Two weeks ago, or last week. Last week, I had Kaiser as my quarterback at FanDuel. Mm -hmm. And he sucked. And I still cashed. Yeah, I mean, it, that's the beauty of having low guys. I, I still am optimistic about Kaiser. I'm not using Kaiser this week. I've, although oh. I've used him. I've used him, I think two out of three weeks, so two out of four weeks so far. Um, but I, between McCown and Tyrod Taylor this week, I am skipping over Kaiser. Oh, right. You're going to play Tyrod Taylor then. I think so. I mean, so yeah, yeah, I try not to get to like imagining the game script that, that never seems like a, you can off, always go. There's so many ways to go wrong when you're trying to predict games for game script. Oh, but right. The Cincinnati Bengals, they got a new offensive coordinator, and things have started, have looked good two weeks in a row. That's great. That's all well and good. But the offensive line has not improved at all. This is still maybe the worst offensive line in the league. And last two weeks, the Bengals were going against bad offenses. Not like okay, not like below average, or, or sorry, bad defenses. The Bills are not a bad defense. They are above average, above average, arguably good. And so I see, I think it's very easy 
to a, to envision a scenario where the Bills are getting a lot of good field position and maybe even a lead. And with those two things happening, you got to like Taylor's ability to run and his ability to sort of dink and dunk to try just keep the ball moving. I don't think they need him to be throwing 15 yards downfield to stay in this game. I think their defense combined with the Bengals offensive line keeps them in this game. And they just need Tyrod Taylor to not throw a couple of picks and they're fine. Um, and he's averaging 7.8 yard um, rush attempts per game, which is a great floor. So Tyrod Taylor is another cheap guy that I'm I'm heavily looking at. That's fair enough right there. Now, running backs. Mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell's my dude. He's going to be my dude in the GPP because I don't think, and it's again predicting these game scripts. But if you look at the numbers and you look at tradition, you look at what's going on, those freaking cornerbacks are gonna they're keep so good. they're gonna keep if they yeah. can, of course, hopefully they can, I guess. They're gonna keep that Antonio Brown and Martavis Bryant, they're gonna keep them at bay. They're gonna hold them off. They're not gonna go off on those guys, I don't think. But that opens up the door for Le'Veon Bell, who had a finally a Le'Veon Bell type day last week. He had what thirty nine touches last week. If he gets twenty five touches, twenty six touches, he's going to make your value. And I know it's high at nine or ninety five hundred, yeah. but that's why you go cheap at your running back or quarterback. Yeah, the price scared me off of him. Um, it, I mean, he's. The like not only are the Jaguars an excellent pass defense, but they've actually struggled against the run. So it makes sense that the Steelers would have to rely on that. On the other hand, you have the whole Ben Roethlisberger is twice as good at home as he is on the road thing, and maybe that sort of shows its face a little. And the passing game, they the passing game is mildly competent. Um, the the price scares me off, especially in GPP. Although it's totally a legitimate play in cash games. Um, for me, I'm looking down. Uh, my top, my favorite option is Melvin Gordon this week. A lot of people are talking um, about him. That's what scares me because everyone is going to own him. I'm going to be. I don't want to be too chalky everywhere. Yeah, I mean his price is below that. Like he, I don't. I mean, his price is one of those prices where I'm like, I just don't understand what happened. It's like, I'm surprised. I feel like whatever algorithm or meeting they have where they set these prices just should have set him higher. And the other thing about Melvin Gordon is, so, you know, teams, we've heard so many like former coaches talk about this when they give interviews after they step down. Teams reevaluate at the quarter mark. This is just sort of a league-wide policy that everyone does where they say, all right, quarter of the season's done. What went, what went well? What went poorly? The new coach um, in the new, the new Chargers coach has a career as a running backs coach, and that has been his focus. Um, and when he was the offensive coordinator for, I believe it was the Bills, they had one of the highest rush percentages in the red zone in the entire league. So far this season, in the red zone, the Chargers have attempted six runs and 14 passes. That is just so wildly out of whack and disproportionate to the head coach's entire career and what you would expect when you have a talented player like Melvin Gordon, that I I see that flipping over the rest of the season, or at least getting a lot closer to even. So I think Melvin Gordon's um, chances of scoring are about to start increasing a lot. Uh, it, it doesn't. It's so bizarre that a running backs coach is throwing the ball two thirds of the time in the red zone. It doesn't make any sense. Nope, it doesn't. And you know something? That's a good call. A lot of people are talking about him, though. So I'll tell you yeah. who they're not talking about, and I'm interested. Marshawn Lynch, for a few reasons. He, yeah. He, sure. I didn't write him down, but he was one of the players who was, like, on the fence. I was, you know, I was 
do I type this? Do I not type this? So, uh, well, that makes sense. He was definitely on my radar. Well, that makes sense because he hasn't exactly been, you know, breaking down the doors. But with Derek Carr out, you also have the Ravens. They're a pretty good defense. But they offer up 23.88 fan duel points per game to running backs. What is this team going to do? They're going to have to run. And if Marshawn Lynch is going to get off the schneid, it's going to be either here, this week, or it ain't going to be nowhere. I'm going, I, I tell you, the price is fantastic, $6,100. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. You, have to, you have to at least consider it. I, I mean, I'm sure people listening to this is going, well, he must have flipped it. No, not really. Because if yeah. this guy, it doesn't take much for him to make his value. Yeah. I mean, uh, he absolutely. Uh, um, he is someone who I think is the price is just really desirable. Um, you know, I'm seeing a lot of ple- a lot of people are ranking him in their top 20 for in terms of plays for the week, just like standard, you know, standard league experts are ranking him in, in their top 20. But he's got like the 28th price um, amongst running backs, he, his price is much lower than his overall rank, which is something that I like to see. I like it a lot. Who else you got over there at DraftKings for running backs? Who do you like? So, I um, I mean, one that I like is if you have, I mean, again, this is the Monday night game, but if you have a horse in the Minnesota um, backfield playing against Chicago, they're all really cheap. Um, if you're playing Thursday night, the Patriots are so much better than this Tampa Bay Buccaneers that this could easily become a Mike Gillisley game in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think it's assuming the Patriots are winning, which seems like a safe assumption. This defense is terrible. Um, he probably gets a touchdown or at least a whole bunch of carries in the fourth quarter. Um, the two guys I like are for GPP. I like JD McKissick. Um, the the Seattle running back who got a couple of touches um, after uh, late in late after Carson went got hurt uh, last weekend. Um, he's going for thirty two hundred. He is priced like a running back who they do not expect to touch the ball, and he showed so much talent and he showed so much ability to move around. Um, I mean, the coaches watch the film, and they are – he's going to jump off the off the film at them. And if Chris Carson can emerge and surpass C.J. Proceis, clearly they're seeing stuff in C.J. Proceis that they don't like. Um, and McKissick looks, looked great, so I, I love him. Uh, he's not guaranteed anything, so that makes him a rough play in – Boom in or cash. bust. Yeah, very boomer bust. <laughs> but but the boom is, I mean, he's priced for thirty two hundred. I have a very easy time imagining him scoring fifteen fantasy points. Yeah, that makes sense. Carlos Hyde, I like uh, him too. Yep, uh, Carlos Hyde was another one of those. He was he was with Marshawn Lynch on the ones like, do I write this down? I think I've, I, there's going to be someone I like more. And the other player who I liked more was Amir Abdullah. Um, okay, that's a good call because he's been playing really good ball lately. Yeah, um, and I just the Carolina defense. I they're good, but they're not great. And um, I think that the forty seven hundred price is good. He's the guy who I would go with in a cash game. I, I Abdullah has strikes me has having very little path to fifteen fantasy points, but a lot of paths to nine or ten points. Oh yeah, but here's the thing though. Now that you bring him up, because I have a little number for you, there's only been three backs, running backs, that is, in the NFL this season with 17 touches in each of the four games. Todd Gurley, LaShawn McCoy, and Amir Abdullah. Yeah. There's there's plenty to like. Um, So he's definitely someone who's on my radar. Yeah, but his his points totals have been going up. He had Mm -hmm. 19.9 last week. That's not bad. That's a good call. Um, you got any Todd Gurley love? I, all of the top priced running backs to me were fairly priced. So if you think it's one of those situations where 
if I fall in love with enough discounts, so I love JD McKissick. Um, we're gonna get to run it to wide receiver, and I have a couple wide receivers who oh, I do I'm, too. I'm excited about. And if I if I'm in a situation where I'm getting to that last roster spot, and I'm like, whoa, I have way more money. I don't mind literally any of the top five um, priced running backs. I'm okay with all of them, but I don't think any of them are great value. I just they're all fair. Le'Veon Bell, Kareem Hunt, Ezekiel Elliott, LaShawn McCoy, and Todd Gurley are the top five guys over at FanDuel. And you're right. I agree yep. with you. I'm using Gurley and Hunt because it's time for us to talk about wide receivers, and I'm going to talk about one today right off the bat. Jaron Brown from Arizona has oh, yeah. two, games, yo, yeah, two games in a row with 10 touches or 10 targets. They're just yep. – Arizona's – look, if you're going to play – Carson Palmer and I I've already suggested that you should then you got to attach him to somebody and, and the sexy choices are what John Brown and Fitzgerald but Jaron Brown is is getting it done too and yeah, against this I, Philadelphia Eagles team I think he's just going to rock and roll to the bank at $4,500 on FanDuel yeah I I absolutely I he is the he is the Cardinals um wide receiver that I am using most heavily. Um, oh, yeah. it, it's a good matchup for Cardinals. It's I, I don't blame you for wanting to go with, with any of them, but he is the one who I will be using. Uh, tomorrow, it's Thursday, right? Yeah, tomorrow I will be publishing my uh, wide receiver quarterback stacks article on the DraftKings playbook, and he will probably be my second ranked uh, stack. Oh, I uh, think so, yeah. Who's your first ranked? You think? Have you done it yet? I, I don't. Uh, I well, my first drink was gonna be Winston and Deshaun Jackson, and then I realized that I can't do that because that's the main slate. Um, so actually, I guess that might bump Jerron Brown up to Fitzgerald uh, and Fitzgerald up to first. Um, I'm trying to remember. I made an outline, but I haven't finished writing. Well, it that's yet. okay. You know who I my top stack is: quarterback <laughs> to wide receiver, Aaron Rodgers, Jordy Nelson. Okay. Nelson's another guy fairly priced. To me, he is just fairly priced. If you, if you think that that he's going to have a great game, the price is fair. Go for it. Yeah. But you know he, he's not attractive to me because there's it's not discounted. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I didn't mention Matthew Stafford. But if I'm talking stacks with a quarterback wide receiver, I got to think about him and Golden Tate. Wait. This yep. week, yep. gotta think about those guys. Absolutely, um, absolutely. I, I'm I'm looking at Dez. I I really like Dez this week. So do a lot of people. Uh, I've heard his name a few times. Why do you like him so much? Because he always burns me every time I play him. Uh, I don't I don't think particularly highly of the Green Bay defense. I think that while he I don't think of Des Bryant as a top four or top five wide receiver anymore. Um, at least not give it. At least not for this year. Maybe he has the talent and he'll go back. He's young enough. Maybe he'll come back in future seasons. But he's still a top ten guy, and he's priced like fourteenth, fifteenth. That's a, in a good matchup to be priced below your ability. That is. That's sort of exactly what I'm looking at. Um, and I like Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott's a great quarterback. So you got a great quarterback. You got a great matchup. You got a cheap price. You know, that's, like I don't have any like singular stat that jumps out at me and saying like, the, you know, there's no Browns touchdowns for tight ends stat that jumps out at me. But everything that I look at is just like slightly favorable, slightly favorable, slightly favorable. Makes sense. You know, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so you, you have Dak Prescott love, too, then, especially in cash games. His floor is pretty good. Yeah, and again, fairly priced. So someone who I like in cash games. I like stacking. I, I like. I, I was assigned the, um, <laughs> the quarterback wide receiver stacks article, and I didn't, I didn't ask for that. But I was super glad that that was the article that they assigned me because I stack all the time. If I believe in a wide receiver or if I believe in a quarterback, I try to pair them 
with someone if you look at the winner um in your gpp most of our listeners are probably going to play in a gpp this weekend monday night tuesday night whatever go look at who won look at the top five rosters all of them will have a stack almost always that went big time off yes all of them will have a stack that went well usually quarterback wide receiver occasionally quarterback tight end rarely but i enjoy seeing it running back defense um but i mean the winning teams almost always have a stack and so you know learn from the people who are better than you um yeah that's or luckier than you one of the two I it's so consistent that I I, yeah I gotta go with stack and I think Dez is such a good value that it's worth it to me to pair him with Dak who Dak is only you know fair you're gonna play him in a GPP with Dak yeah oh right okay T.Y. Hilton against the 49ers 7300 at FanDuel I got a lot of love for T.Y. He's on my list. I don't. I I can never say the sentence. I have a lot of love for him because I find him overrated just as a general like fact of life. But his fantasy production can't be argued with. San Francisco 49ers defense is not impressive at all. Um, and he's one of the lead, league leader in targets. So whether or not I would pick him for my team um, in real life, I am certainly going to use him in fantasy. Why wouldn't you? He he's had a great season so far, and that's without Andrew Luck. Yeah, I like um, T.Y. Yeah, but I but I don't I'm think s- I'm going to play him though. Oh, that's the other thing. I got to do this. I forgot. What we talk about just doesn't mean necessarily mean we're going to play them on Sunday. We're just going over some of our favorite plays. For me, I don't make my lineup until Sunday morning. I used to make it up on Tuesday or Wednesday. And then I would end up changing so it, changes, yeah. messing it all up. And then I finally realized, like after week one, when I decided to play an extra lineup just for the hell of it, and I cashed big time with it, and I was like, wow, okay. Because you get so yeah. much information throughout the week, and if you're already committed to one thing, it's not such a good thing. You know, I, I don't like to – every time I change players, Alex, like that, I lose. And the guy mm-hmm. goes off. You got to trust your own judgment sometimes. Should yeah. do it all the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I said, I usually play sort of small money. Um, I always, I almost always, I try to limit myself to players who I've recommended. To me, that just sort of seems fair. But yeah, I do that too. I, I can't recommend every player that I'm going to use if I'm using three different lineups, just so the prices won't work. Um, so, I abs and there are players who I will end up using who I didn't talk about all week. And every now and again, there's a player who I said that you shouldn't use. And then, you know, Sunday morning I'm looking at it and I'm just like, no, I got, I got to, I got to put them in. Um, so yeah, like you said, this, I, I, this is our legitimate advice, but we reserve the right to change our, to, to go a different direction on our thing. I have to write that at the bottom of my article every week. <laughs> right. I have to say it on the radio. I have, I say it in my articles too. It, the thing is, is that it's not that I'm not going to be interested in these guys, but it is Thursday. And yeah. Here's the and other thing. Makes... Plus you got so many guys that are questionable right now and yeah. you might want to use them, but what's the point of recommending them if they're not going to play? Mm-hmm. That don't make sense. But, for example, if I want to use Ty Montgomery on Sunday, I'm not going to know until Sunday. So mm-hmm. if I do that, then that means I'm going to have to bump somebody because he's pretty he's 7500 bucks. Because you have to fit in. That's the thing, too. People don't understand. It's not so, not so much that fantasy guys are trying to deceive people. It's just when you get that roster construction, you can't play every guy that you recommend because it's just not possible. Yeah, so, I mean, we're recording. It's Thursday afternoon, and at the moment, Donta Hightower, the New England Patriots linebacker, is questionable. If he returns, there is no chance that I would use a Buccaneers running back. If he stays out, then Doug Martin or or Jaquiz Rogers, for me it would be Doug Martin, is a good play. And, like, those defensive injuries are boring to talk about and hard to talk about um 
but they play a big difference and and you got to change your lineup based on those sometimes um and and those that's just one of the things that in the middle of the week we can't predict that's exactly correct that's a good way to put it too Devontae parker you got any love for him against the titans 6100 bucks he's averaging nine targets a game i love Devontae parker I have him in all but one of my fantasy leagues, and I'm super sad that I don't have him in that last league. I am not using him this week. I just think he's a little too expensive. Um, and I think he's going to – and it's weird. I think he's both chalky and inexp- and too expensive. Um, the matchup, the, the, Titan, the Titans' defense, uh, especially against pass defense, isn't that good. And so he's – his matchup looks favorable. Um, and I think a lot of people are looking at Devontae Parker and saying, this is a guy who is probably a top 10 wide receiver, but is still being talked about as someone who is in that like top 20 to top 15 range. And normally when you find that player, that means there's a lot of value there. But I just, to me, he's still a little too expensive. You know, um, if I were going to swing on a Dolphin, though, I might take Jarvis Landry, 6,600, but... He hasn't had one of those bust-out type games yet, but I kind of think he will. Now, here's an example of what I'm talking about with these lineups. If I were going to play like right this minute, this would be my FanDuel lineup. Aaron Rodgers, Todd Gurley, Kareem Hunt, Jerron Brown, Jarvis Landry, Jordy Nelson, Antonio Gates, Graham Gano at the kicker, and I'd go with the Jets defense because I just go up against Cleveland every week because Kaiser is an interception hound and it's perfect yeah. and that's what i would do this if it were right now if i had to hit select and it counted that would be my thing and i cross my fingers <laughs> but you have time to change and like as we said stuff happens exactly um, it really does i yeah so i mean but yeah to me there are to me there are just a little a few better values um I'm interested in Richard Matthews actually on the other side of Devon Par- of the Devonte Parker game. Um, he's still bizarrely cheap on DraftKings, and he is taking in an absolutely absurd share of the targets um, in Minnesota. Uh, and and so I just to me that's that's really exciting. That's a good call. Or too. not I Minnesota? Like not Minnesota. Sorry, Tennessee. Well, Tennessee, yeah. Is Mariota going to play, though? I don't know. And that's a big... I mean, that's a big question mark, and that's a big reason to to modify lineups at the last minute. Um, I have no idea if Mariota is going to play, um, but if he does, Richard Matthews will be in my lineups. He yeah, has... That's a good call, he has too. 30, he has 32 targets. Um, Delaney Walker and Eric Decker are both in the low 20s. Um, I mean, he has by far emerged as the key piece in this Titans receiving game. Uh, so I, I really like Richard Matthews. I like him in season long leagues. He's still available on waiver wires. If you're if you're playing season leagues and you're listening to this, go pick up Richard Matthews. He is better than someone on your roster. I guarantee it. That's pretty good. Defense. I already said a Jets. Oh. I, I like the Jets. I hate I hate playing defense. I can't yeah. believe FanDuel kickers. I'm so yeah, glad DraftKings well. for that. Um, defense. I mean, so I like the idea of targeting Cleveland. Um, you know, year after year, the people who focus on um, studying team defense say that the best defense at the end of the year is the team who played the worst offense. Um, So we don't, you know, it's still kind of early in the season. We don't know for sure who the worst offense is. But at the end of week 17, if you go back and and calculate it, knowing who the worst offense was, if you treated all the defenses who played the worst offense as one team, that team will outscore whoever the best defense is. So... The Cleveland defense is very turnover prone. The Jets, de- the Jets, are a pretty decent defense. You know, I, I, I think I was on the show saying that I expected them to be terrible. Turns out they're still pretty decent. Um, 
that's a, a quality play. I like to stick with a team that I believe is good. Um, so, but I mean, all the good teams are facing tough opponents this week. Except for Houston's, Baltimore. But I don't trust Baltimore. Yeah, but Oakland is playing without Derek Carr. Yeah, that's a great. Oakland without Derek Carr is probably enough that I will insert the Ravens, actually. Um, you know, then we, you got Marshawn Lynch, and I mentioned him and playing him, but how much we, we, damage is really... We didn't talk about, about fades. I cannot advocate strongly enough to stay away from Crabtree and, and Amari Cooper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> please, please don't use them. If they're in your season-long team, try to trade them. If you can't trade them, put them on your bench. I don't... Please, I'm begging you. You don't want this. You don't want to be a part of this this week. Yeah, you definitely don't. I like the Lions against Carolina, too, because all this mess with uh, their quarterback in Carolina is going to bode trouble. It's a big distraction. And I think and the, that... And, Go ahead. And the man. Panthers, I, one of the things I like about the, the Lions versus the Panthers, so Panthers are, you know, apparently the 16th, with you know, a very average strength of opponent for the Lions. But the Panthers had the huge benefit of playing the Patriots defense. The Panthers are not an average offense. They are so much worse than that. But the Patriots defense is a worse defense than the Panthers offense is a bad offense. So, if you know, because we're early in the season, that quality is sort of askew. A and so it looks like an only okay matchup, but that's actually a very favorable matchup. Oh, I think so. That's what I got this week. What do you, you got anything else to add, or are you ready to just call it a day? I think I'm pretty good. Um, just like quick going through a few things we didn't say. Uh, I am, I am fading the Bears running backs. Oh yeah. Uh, I am fading Russell Wilson. Ah, for uh, sure. I, you know, he's going to be chalky, too. I, yeah, I, I want no part in him this week. Uh, and I like Sammy Watkins at the Rams. I think he's got a good price and good upside. Oh, yeah, those are great ones. Great stuff today, Those are dude. the only notes that I didn't get to. So now we hit we hit everything. We sure did. You can find Alex McLean over at Rotowire and at DraftKings Playbook. You have a podcast, too, right? Uh, podcast has been having some technical difficulties, so we'll, we'll give you the address for that once that's back, everything's sort of squared away. Um, but you can find me on Twitter at Rick Lean. Um, so that's probably the best way to, I tweet everything I write, so that's probably the easiest way to keep track. I think so too. All right, man. Thanks for being here. We'll catch up with you next week. We'll have a, hopefully we have a hotel free day. <laughs> Hopefully. It was a blast. Thanks for having me. Oh, always. It's always a pleasure to have you. That was Alex McLean. Again, you can find him at DraftKings Playbook. You can also find him at Rotowire. Until next time, y'all take care of yourselves. Be good, and most importantly, Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you, my father thanks you, my sister thanks you, and I thank you.